Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for another episode yesterday, so I'm about to explain this to you. Um, a little confusing here, but basically yesterday I recorded the... So basically in today's episode, we're going to talk about some possible uh, Kyrie Irving free agency destinations and what it would mean for its reputation, how people look at him, what it would mean in general, and then some Chris Paul trade destinations and some possible trade packages. And that will all be joined by Colin. I filmed that, or we talked about that all Saturday, and we just said we wanted a little bit more time, but we didn't have it. So I didn't have enough time to post it, uh, that episode. So then I'm going to do, then at the end of the episode, just going to be me, um, talking about the Bruins game, uh, game three, big win over the blues. And this is being recorded Sunday. So sorry about that. It just, I didn't have a lot of time. I'm sorry, no friendly wages. I was planning on this big friendly wages episode. So if you hear stuff about like the Atlanta Hawks offseason breakdown and me playing friendly wages, sorry, we just don't end up doing it. That's kind of stuff that we save for next episode. So yeah, sorry about that, but it's still uh, it's a pretty good episode anyway. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. It. And we'll start off with the Kyrie Irving tri- uh, free agency destinations. So let's get to that. All right. So we all know at this point, pretty much former Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving. Is kind of narrowing down his options. At first, many people thought, yeah, he's returning with the Celtics. Then people started shifting. It's either going to be the Celtics or Knicks. People at times threw out the Clippers as kind of a dark horse. I thought they were a dark horse team to get them. Then all of a sudden, the Nets came into play, and people really started thinking, So there are many options for Kyrie right now. And we're going to kind of wither down, like, what out of some of these, you know, heavy options. Uh, which ones, uh, how would it affect him? So first we are going to start with, well, the Boston Celtics. Uh, how would, you know, should he, re- what are the odds he returns to the Celtics? Not very good. We know he's withered his options down. It reportedly keeps saying withered, sorry, but to the Nets and the Lakers. And personally, I feel like the Knicks, you know, there's no way they're perfectly out of the equation. They were the front runner. All of a sudden they're just gone now. So again, I doubt he'll come back to the Celtics. The Celtics uh, organization is very skeptical. Apparently Danny Ainge doesn't even want him back. Some reports I've heard. But I, I'd rather build around the young corner from the Celtics. We're gonna, they're actually the next offseason breakdown we're going to do. So I don't want to get too much into that. Just focus on Kyrie here for a minute. But if he comes back, you know, why would he come back to Boston, do you think? Like, Probably <clears throat> the young talent that's there could could someday bring a championship to Boston. I mean, that's he the, doesn't want to play with young talent, though. Yeah, I know, but that's the only reason I could think of. I like, mean, I could think of maybe just because he he's a moody guy in one oh, day. Oh, and one one other thing, the young talent can help because they can trade for Anthony Davis, which is someone who he wants on his team. Yeah, mate. Yeah. And because you're a moody guy one day, you be like, you know, I want to stay in Boston. I kind of like it here. I think I can change things again, Anthony Davis. You know, I doubt he comes back to Boston. But I always the door Especially the Boston Celtics are still in there. I think the Celtics are at his back of his mind. Again, he's probably focused on, should I go to L.A., Brooklyn? I think he's still thinking about New York a little bit. Maybe even the Clippers. But, again... The Celtics have to be in there somewhere. Uh, I heard NBC Sports Boston really respect them, but they said 
Kyrie, Anthony Davis, and Katie to Boston, it's not impossible. <laughs> all right, you do your thing. I mean, either we're all fools and they're geniuses or they're living on Planet Zippy. And right now I can bet a good amount of money they're probably on Planet Zippy. I mean, there's no way you're – see, this is the thing with Boston sports fan. I really stressed this at the beginning when I started the podcast was Boston sports fans are way too – uh, optimistic. Well, we're gonna get Anthony Davis, Kyrie, and KD. No, you're not. You're not gonna get any one of those three because if we don't get Kyrie, which we're probably not, that's not gonna draw KD into here. And since, all right, let's just say this. Let me rephrase that. Kyrie's probably not coming back, which means why would we trade for Anthony Davis? And if Kyrie's not coming back, KD's not gonna come here. Even if Kyrie came back, I'm not sure he's coming here. Just want to make that clear. I don't even think we'd have enough money for all three. Uh, unless we just got rid of literally everyone else. So, listen, keep, keep doing your thing, but if that's what you believe, I mean, go ahead. I'm just, that that's the point where we need to kind of take you into therapy and show you that that's technically not impossible, but the odds are 0.0000000000002. Moving on. Um... So, yeah, that's the Celtics. So, moving on now to the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, the Clippers are a little bit dark horse, I thought, you know, a few months ago. And I still think they're in play, but the odds of them getting Kyrie are about as good as the Celtics. Maybe slightly better, slightly worse, but they're not very good. Uh, Kyrie has had high praise for the Clippers, um... In a sense, he's complimented Doc Rivers, said he's really easy to play for. The Clippers didn't make a great bid on free agents saying, look, we're a hard-competing team. We got an easy-to-play-for coach. We went to, with uh, six games with the Warriors, really overachieved. You know, come here, we have the money to pay you. I mean, they look like a – and they're in Los Angeles. They look like a great spot. You can be rivals with LeBron. And, again, they could sign a guy like Kawhi or KD this offseason, which could draw Kyrie Irving in. I don't think if Kawhi goes, he'd go. I don't know if him and Kawhi are, are very good friends. But if KD definitely went there, definitely a possibility. It doesn't really sound like KD will go to the Clippers. There's – I've heard reports that, you know, he definitely could. I'd love to see the Clippers land some big-time free agents. Uh, I really like that team. I like what they're doing over there. I have high hopes for that Clippers team, and I really just want to see some big-time free agents go there. Um, And it's up to Kyrie. I mean, I just still don't think he'll go to the Clippers. I think, again, it's probably going to be the Lakers or Nets or even the Knicks still. I still think the Knicks are in play lately. Uh, They've not been talked about at all, which is surprising. For Kyrie, um, you know, things change for Kyrie on a day-to-day basis. I've heard new news like, oh, the Lakers for sure. And then the next day inside, people uh, don't think he'll go to the Lakers. So with the Clippers, they could be a little bit of a dark horse team for sure. But I just, they have the money. They could sign another big time free agent. You saw what they did against the Warriors. They have the money. They're in Los Angeles. You can be a rival with LeBron. It'll be really Yeah, exactly. So... That's kind of where the uh, Clippers stand, and now we are going to get to the New York Knicks. Now, the Knicks are a very controversial uh, choice for Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie is a guy who doesn't like the media, and in New York, it's going to be his Bigger than Boston. If he had a problem with the media in Boston, then I don't know if New York's his place. Now, the thing about New York is they have the cap space to pay him. Now, the Celtics can pay him the, mo- is the most money, which is kind of something that has to play into Kyrie's decision as a positive if, for Celtics fans that want Kyrie back. Again, it's still slim chance. But the thing with New York is they can't, they can't pay him as much money as Boston, but it will be pretty close. So you can still pay him a max deal. And I think Kyrie looks at it as, you know, if I – 
I'll take a little bit of a pay cut to go play with Kevin Durant in New York. But New York's place where if you're complaining about the media in Boston, you're not going to do well in New York, especially playing with now Kevin Durant as well. You also go into a franchise with a lot of young guys and a franchise that doesn't really know how to win of late. Most of those players just don't, aren't used to winning. And you have James Dolan, just a crazy owner, and that franchise is just on fire right now. So he's going into a dumpster fire, kind of like the Lakers, but the Lakers, I think, are a better scenario. But that's a team with a lot of young guys. He'd go in there with Kevin Durant and only Kevin Durant. The media would be tough. You have James Dolan. You have all these young guys that don't know how to win. It'd be tough. I have three things that could influence Kyrie's decision to go to New York. First one is the people that they can get around him. So they have so much cap room that they can – they can afford all these young people because they're so underrated that nobody even thinks they're that good, which they they have pretty good potential. Like I mean, who? Like Alonzo Trier, Dennis oh, yeah. Smith. I like their young core more than most, I will Mitchell say. Robinson. I like Kevin I Knox is up in Kevin the air. Knox. He's up in the air. But um Damien Dotson for a yeah. shooter. And then um yeah, we and have then the you point, have yeah. money to bring in a star like Kevin Durant. It's also his hometown, and Brooklyn, most New well, York technically, New York, but yeah. mostly Brooklyn. Yeah, and then he said he could also say, "Well, I'm." People say I'm kind of crazy, but people won't consider me crazy because I'll get overshadowed by James Dolan, so it'll be all fine. I don't know if that one plays too much of a decision. Yeah, it doesn't. Because Kyrie's not that smart to think of that, but and it wouldn't influence the decision even if he thought about it. Yeah, it could. It it could be a tiny maybe. Uh, And then in case he wanted to get away from them. Yeah, and then you have the Los Angeles Lakers. Now the Lakers would make his legacy look so bad. It's not even funny. He'd. Leaves LeBron, says, you know what? I'm a good enough player. I don't want to play in LeBron's shadow anymore. I want my own team. I want to take the reins. He goes to Boston. Can't do it, so he crawls back to LeBron. Oh, he just crawls back. LeBron, will you take me again? <laughs> it's like that kid that runs away from home. I'm a big, tough guy. After don't two days. Don't ever do that again. That after was, two hours, a.k.a. two years, two hours, he crawls back home. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it, LeBron. I didn't mean it. I didn't want to leave. I can't do it. I should be a second option. I can't lead my own team. Oh, that would just make him look so bad. But it would help LeBron's legacy a ton. That gives LeBron a second star, even maybe a third star if they can get someone better than Kyrie. And it would help show that, yeah, LeBron, like, LeBron. I don't know how to put this, but think about it this way as it helps his legacy because you had a guy like Kyrie Irving who says, I don't need LeBron. That hurt LeBron a little bit. And then he goes off, can't do it by himself, so he goes back to LeBron and says, yeah, this guy's really helpful if you kind of know where I'm coming at there. I have two positive things about his legacy, though. He could possibly win a ring, win a ring yeah, and but he already get, the, asked one. get the 17th for the Lakers. And people will look at it. They won't remember that he went back to LeBron. What they'll remember is he helped tie the Celtics in 18, rings. Yeah, seven. I mean, and maybe, yeah. Uh, and um, I don't think the ring is the biggest thing for him. And also, it is big, but I think a big thing for Kyrie. For him, you know, an MVP would help, but let's be realistic. A ring would help, but 
for him to just lead his own team, you know, and be a better leader, that would really help his reputation a lot. I mean, a ring always helps, but since he already has one. In a way, it could also show that he's kind of responsible, too, because he, he learns that he can't lead his own team, so he goes back to somewhere where he can be a second option and accepts his role. I, yeah, I guess. Uh, again, he'd also have to play with a lot of young guys, and he hates that. LeBron didn't like it very much either this year, so but that would, it would be interesting. No, no. The media's big there, too. No, but. the Celtics have – they're two different young cores. The Celtics are – People who expect minutes, Terry Rozier, oh, don't get enough minutes. Jason Tatum, yeah, we I get want it. a big, bigger mm-hmm. role. On on the Lakers, everybody is accepting their role. Lonzo Ball, Kyle yeah, Spencer. but they're still like frustrating to play with. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I'm by the way LeBron handled the situation this year. I am uh, pretty very positive on that. But um, moving on to the uh. Last kind of option we have here, obviously any team's in play, but realistically, but we have the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Nets seem to be the front runner as of this minute right now, kind of been changing, but Brooklyn's his hometown. Uh, it is a place where he could get that second star. I'd see Kevin Durant or Jimmy Butler. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell could possibly stay again. D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving would be a horrible fit. And it could be the you know, end of position basketball. It could be the start of position less basketball. Some people believe if Kyrie goes there and D'Angelo Russell stays. We'll see about that. But that's a place where he can get a second star. He can go to his hometown. They're a young team, again, which hurts Kyrie, but they've been a positive team. But I don't want to see Kyrie and KD or Kyrie and Jimmy Butler go to Brooklyn at all. And not because I'm a Celtics fan and I don't want the Nets to kind of overtake us and, and all that, but... Because they're such a young, fun, energetic, happy, optimistic team. You bring in Kyrie or Jimmy Kyrie Butler. and Kevin Durant or Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. Especially Jimmy Kyrie Butler Jimmy could Butler. run a boot camp. And Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant are like a toxation. And all of a sudden when they get there, all of a sudden, whoop. The scientist spills the toxation and it goes over all of Brooklyn, and that's no longer a fun to watch team anymore. And then all of a sudden, you're ripping on the youth. And then D'Angelo Russell has to leave, and I think Russell's starting to solidify himself as a future uh, Brooklyn Net great. I really like D'Angelo Russell, and I don't think you want Russell, or you have to choose. You have to choose if you're the Nets. Do we want Russell? Do we want D'Lo or Kyrie Irving? And that could play a uh, you know, factor in KD and Jimmy Butler because KD could be sitting there saying, if you choose Kyrie, I'll come. But if you choose D'Angelo Russell, I'm not going. And I think Jimmy Butler could actually tolerate either one, but I think he'd rather have Kyrie. He's good friends with Kyrie. So, again, you might want to stay young go with D'Angelo Russell, but at the same time, if you go Kyrie, you could get a KD or Jimmy Butler. You're not going to be, you know, this happy you know, lucky go happy team with nothing to lose anymore. It's gonna get stricter. You're not gonna have this fun bench stuff anymore. I don't think as much of it, and I don't want to see them go to Brooklyn because I feel like that's gonna be ruined. I like what they're doing over there, and again, they could be title contenders. But I like that fun to watch. Brooklyn and why team. would the Nets want Kyrie? 
because he's it would ruin technically no, because he's technically better than D'Angelo Russell at the moment, and it could draw in KD or Jimmy Butler. And when you say that, I see where you're coming from. Like, why would you want K- uh, Kyrie when you have D'Angelo Russell, a young star, and this young team? You don't want to ruin that chemistry yeah. and your face of the team. But if you bring Kyrie now, all of a sudden you can get. Kevin Durant. That's a tempting prize, especially where they're at. The Nets are a fun-to-watch team, but think about it. Do the Nets look like a future title contender to you? Be honest. Not a no. title contender, but, but a this, solid team. I don't sure. think this is the year to start the... the start like I agree but it might just have to be because so many people are interested and this is such a stacked free agency class I see where you're coming from I see it really do but but. I don't see it with those three people that you're necessarily talking about all right so that's kind of our uh breakdown for some free agency destinations for Kyrie Irving so now we are going to get some a few trade destinations for Chris Paul if you will um kind of like what team what type of team should be eyeing we're not going to go through every single team but some you know, maybe some possible trades, but like a some where where should he want to go? Where what type of team should he want to go to? Where what places should he be targeting? So yeah, we're gonna get to that starting now. All right, so just a few days ago, we hear the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski um, that says sources in calls to front offices, Houston GM Daryl Morey has been very good is showing an aggressive desire to improve roster with all players and picks available in talks. Hard to imagine James Harden scenario, but the rest is under contract. Perhaps even Chris Paul could be moved in the right deal. Now, I love what Daryl Morey is trying to do here. We're going to get more. I don't want to dig into what the Rockets offseason, because they are soon to come on our offseason breakdown. I want to save that, but I love, I'll just tell you right now, I love his approach on stepping back, reflecting, realizing this team can't win a championship. We have to make some changes. And I said it, CP3 is not a great fit with that Rockets team. I know he has to take a back seat but not that much of a backseat to the point where I think he is overrated. Like, he doesn't deserve the money he's getting. He's constantly hurt. And although good ball handler, uh, very good facilitator, he's not really that great of a scorer anymore. And he has a high IQ, but I think his defense is starting to crumble as well. And just the amount of times he's just injured just has to scare you. So I'm not too keen on the Celtics picking him up. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for more of like a maybe, I don't know, just someone. I do, I'm just not a huge fan of that contract, the injuries. Anyway, I, I'm glad I think CP3 should want to trade because I don't think he's interested. He wants to win a ring. Try to go somewhere else where you have a better chance to win a ring. Maybe take a little more of a step up. I don't know. I think he needs that back seat. But here are some possible um Trade destinations. One is the Charlotte Hornets, especially if Kemba leaves. Uh, this is Chris Paul's hometown state, and there are a lot of connections with the Charlotte Hornet organization and CP3. Now, I don't think CP3 will come here. I'm not sure the Hornets can offer the best package, to be honest. Um, I just really don't think they can do so. You know, they don't really have a lot there. They have a few, you know, they have some solid draft capital, I guess. But so do a lot of other teams. Um, They also, they don't really have any young, great players. So they have, I think overall, they could have enough pieces to trade for Chris Paul. That's not what I'm getting at. But my problem is, they have the pieces to trade for Chris Paul. But almost every team seems to be linked into these Chris Paul talks. At least ten. Eight, maybe. And... 
some of those other teams can offer better packages is where I'm trying to get. If they lose Kemba, they could definitely get CP3 to try to stay relevant. Uh, again, you know, if Kemba stays, they're not going to get CP3. I really just, this would be a head-scratching, because for the Hornets, now you're getting a star just because Kemba's gone. Like, you're just settling for one star. I'm sorry, it's just a little confusing to me, but I could see that definitely happening. I just don't think they'd be able to give up the best package. Another one is the Pacers. I think they've kind of flown under the radar a little. The Pacers are obviously very interested in upgrading that point guard position, but I don't like how people are saying, let's go after, yeah, like a CP3 or a Kemba Walker, because Victor Oladipo, to me, kind of reminds me of, like, a James Harden. Uh, he's a shooting guard that's basically like a point guard. He's a ball-dominant shooting guard, and point guards that play for him have to take that back seat and be more shooting. You know, Darren Collison was a good fit because he's more of just a spot-up shooter. CP3 isn't that. He's a facilitator. I'm not saying Victor Oladipo is this great facilitator, but he's a ball-dominant shooting guard. Kind of like James Harden. It would be that all over again, except he's a little less ball-dominant. So CP3 would definitely step up his role a little bit. But I know CP3 has to take that back seat, but he should still be a main facilitator. Um, I don't think this would be a horrible fit. I'm just saying I, I think you know you don't want someone too, too ball-dominant with Victor Oladipo. I just don't think that's, that's exactly going to cut it. But it could definitely happen. They're definitely interested in getting that one-two punch backcourt with Victor Oladipo. It's no doubt about it that they are interested in upgrading that point guard position. They obviously have their own worries in getting Sabonis back, um, getting, what's his name, Bo- Boyan Bogdanovich back. So, you know, they have some things to think about as well, but they should be busy this offseason, and maybe they do go after CP3. I think they could have the package like many, uh, pretty much every team. Another one is my hometown Boston Celtics. CP3 would be an awesome fit here. Uh, you know, he's a smart player, which Brad Stevens would really like, and I think he'd just be a great fit in general with the system. Um, I, I've always seen Chris Paul just ended up playing in Boston. Like when you see him in a Boston jersey, it just looks natural. But I still don't want him. Again, I told you the injuries, his age already. He still has that ginormous contract. I'm just not too sure on Chris Paul. I just think he's a we little. We have a overrated. lot of people who are not a lot. Never mind. Only only one, not including Chris Paul. Gordon Hayward too, with that massive contract. Yeah, I mean uh, that if, contract. If we were to is- ship him away for Chris Paul. I would be fine with that. Who? Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting at right now is Paul's contract is ugly, but Gordon Hayward's is also. Hayward could be part of that deal. Now, obviously, Kyrie's probably not going to come back. Doesn't sound too keen on Terry Rozier coming back. And even if he does, I still don't think that holds you back. It's if Kyrie comes back, you don't get CP3. But Gordon Hayward, maybe you add a um, one-for-one swap. Whether that's a um, Gordon Hayward, I listen. I don't think you can pull off a one-for-one swap with just Gordon Hayward. I think you'd have to add. Would you have to add Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum to get uh, CP3? Is my thing, and I don't think. I think Jalen Brown. I don't know because it's close. Jalen Brown for CP3. Uh, I personally wouldn't do it if I'm the Celtics. Cause I want to keep Jalen Brown and. It's tough. It's a tough call. Uh, but again, if we could maybe ship away our – maybe if we sit here and say Gordon Hayward and the 20th pick and the 22nd pick, 
So we give up two mid to late first round picks in Gordon Hayward. Maybe we'd have to add like a Robert Williams, which I'm, no! I love Robert Williams, but I think that maybe we'd have to do something like that or give up another point guard just to give up for uh, Chris Paul compensation, which we wouldn't really have one, but just do something like that. I think Gordon Hayward for, uh, and your two later first round picks for CP3, they, that might get the deal done. I think you'd have to give up a little more than that, but it would be something around that uh, at base and then maybe add like a Robert Williams type player, someone young that's shown some solid potential, not all-star potential, but solid potential like Robert Williams or like maybe someone Robert slightly Williams. better than that. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get at there. And then another option is the Knicks. Um, the Knicks would be a team that does have the ability to trade for a guy like CP3 because they have the money to do so. The Knicks want this to be a franchise-changing year. So if they all of a sudden are sitting here and it doesn't sound like they're getting Kyrie or KD, you know, they're both like, look, you're probably not going to get really any big free agents, which I'd be shocked with. Or they really only can get, let's say, just in general, Tobias Harris. I'm just saying, or Nikola Vucevic. Let's say they get someone like that, not as big. I'm not saying they will get Tobias. I lead out there. Maybe Vooch. Um, let's say they do that. Maybe they decide we want another star. We want to, you know, we want to win now. We have the trade chips to trade and let's cash those in for us, uh, Chris Paul. I could definitely see them doing that. I doubt he goes to New York, but there's yeah, definitely a possibility. Yeah, I don't know about the Knicks getting a point guard. I'm thinking more of a power forward for them. Yeah, like but in a trade, I'm, I'm yeah. saying. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that. And then the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers could definitely be in there. The Lakers tried trading for CP3 and had a deal done, but it was vetoed um, by the NBA. Uh, David Stern vetoed the trade. It was literally one of the biggest what-ifs of all time. Uh, the biggest being what if the NBA never started or basketball's never created, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, but this could definitely happen. I don't think this is the star that the Lakers should be looking for, a massive contract of CP3. I think if they're going to trade for someone, look to trade all the chips in, go for Bradley Beal and Anthony Davis. Don't settle for Chris Paul is what I'm trying to say because Chris Paul, again – very good friends with LeBron. You got the Banana Boat squad. Uh, but, again, I just think if you're the Lakers, you have to be more interested in trying to get a uh, – what was I saying? You have to be more interested in getting a Bradley Beal or an Anthony Davis. You know what I'm trying to say there. So, those are some possible trade destinations for Chris Paul. We'll see how that shakes up there in Houston. So, now we're going to get to the complete off-season breakdown – for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, so obviously, as I explained at the beginning of the episode, this won't be an Atlanta Hawks offseason breakdown. I'm hoping we can do that for tomorrow's episode on Monday. Uh, hopefully, joined by Colin, and yeah, we'll get to all, all that, but hopefully, we'll do that Atlanta uh, Hawks offseason breakdown and start that up. Uh, but we're going to get to the Bruins game three, seven to two win over the St. Louis Blues game three in St. Louis. It was a great game. Now, in my predictions, I predicted this would be one of the two games you lose this series. I predicted Bennington would implode one game in the series, and it was going to be game two. In game two, it turns out, sorry, Bennington was actually pretty good, and this was the game that he imploded. This was the game where I thought, the Blues had you this game. You're just going to struggle this game, and it, I was definitely proven wrong. There's no doubt about it. These predictions are tough game by game, because, but... You know, I, I try. Um, but, yeah, the final score that I had for this Game 3 was that I thought 
Um, the Blues would finally win their first game in Game 3 and win 2-4. to four. So I thought, pretty good game by Bennington, Rask. Rask is in. And overall, I thought that because they just struggled in Game 3 that first game on the road. But they came out firing. Uh, Physicality-wise, they said keep up with their physicality. Now I think he did a pretty good job with that. It wasn't a very physical game. He obviously had the big back is hit. Uh, you didn't really have a ton other than that. They had 35 hits. You had 29. So you, I think you kept up with their physicality just fine. Uh, you're not going to be more physical than that, but as long as you can keep up with it. You beat them with the face-off circles, uh, 56% on the face-offs. But the big thing for me is the power plays. Four for four on the power play. You struggled this series on the power play. The, four for four is as good as it gets. Like, if you... How healthy does that make a coach when you go for four, four for four in the power play and they go one for five? Your penalty kill was great. Your power play was amazing. Your overall special teams was almost picture perfect yesterday. You scored on all four of your opportunities, only let in. If another, if your other opponent gets five penalties, they should at least score on one. Okay, so one for five is fine with me. You shouldn't be letting up five penalties, but. Um, five, you know, power play chances for the other team, but they struggled. Your penalty kill was great, so your special teams were really the difference. You only got 24 shots, scored seven goals. Jordan Bennington got pulled. I thought he'd implode, but not get pulled for Jake Allen. Jake Allen, yeah. And they had 29 shots. So overall, you you had all the goals. You had the Bergeron tipping. You had the... Um, God, the this is crazy how many goals they scored yesterday. Just It's so hard to keep up um, with just all the goals that they scored. Uh, so you had the Bergeron goal to start uh, things off. Then you had the uh, – which one was it? It was the – God, Jesus. It was the – wasn't it the Nor- – no, it was the Nolachari goal. Yeah, it was the Nolachari goal. Uh-huh. And – or was it the Corral – I think it was, yeah, it was the Corral goal, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was the Corral goal. So it went Bergeron goal, Corral goal, Coil goal right at the end of that uh, first period, Johansson to Coil. Then you had the Pasternak goal where the defense just collapsed. Uh, St. Louis's defense collapses because they went to check if Nordstrom was offside, and technically he was, but the Blues, it, it's weird. The Blues, like, it's not all. It wasn't offsides, even though it looked it. But then there's a certain rule because the Blues, you know, were the last one touched the puck. It was something weird like that. Rule I've never heard of before. Uh, and then I put you on the power play. Start the second period. Basically, Pasternak takes advantage of that and scores there. And then for your f- that that puts us four goals. So then your fifth goal, I believe, was the. Yeah, it was the Tory Crew goal. Uh, and then the sixth one was the Nolachari empty netter. And the seventh one was the Johansson power play late in the game. Six to two, passing the puck around. Tory Crew, three assists. He assisted on that last one. One goal as well. He had four points. Uh, Bergeron, we, you know, apparently Bergeron going into the game was a little banged up and a little tentative of practice. And. We were all expecting, you know, he hasn't played great. There must be something wrong. You know, when he had the punctured lung, yeah, we thought it was something along those lines. We came out last night firing a goal and two assists, three points, four shots on goal. He's great. He was great. And Brad Marchand was real quiet. He had an assist. That was it. One uh, one shot on net. So 
overall, I thought you were very good last night. Uh, obviously, for um, Rask, you solid. Uh, you had the one come off of McAvoy there and kind of just some deflected off your own teammates type of goals for the Blues. But it is what it is. It happens. It was just a great game last night. Um, and this comes to bring me... Is game two the best we'll ever see the Blues this whole series? Honestly, this is the best we'll see the Blues. Now, I'm not saying series over because of this game, but they played great in that game, too. They deserve to win that game, too. You had many opportunities, but you didn't play that great, really. You didn't play that great. They just missed some good opportunities, but they were creating opportunities, and they deserve that game. If that's the best we see the Blues, should we be that concerned? I don't think so, because the Bruins will play better it, now, here's my question. If the Bruins, if it's like this, let's say the Blues play like they play in Game 2 the rest of the series, and the Bruins like play like they did in Game 3. Basically, both teams play as good as they can for the rest of the series. Who wins? Because for me, it's the Bruins. And now, this is not how it works in hockey or really in any sport. That, yeah, if you have the most talent and, you know, you're going to win because sometimes you don't live up to that talent and sometimes it's just not how it works if you kind of know what I'm talking about. And obviously it's not going to happen, but I think the Bruins playing their best versus the Blues playing their best, the Bruins win the series in five or six games. Now that's just my personal opinion. Maybe you def- uh, beg to defer. Uh, going on the Anchor Mobile app, uh, anything you want to talk about. But that's just my uh, personal opinion. Now, big game four. If you can win game four, you have to feel very, very confident. If you lose game four, all of a sudden we have a huge game five, kind of like game three. But Blues fans should really, you know, for us Bruins fans, talking, yeah, big win, nice. But that game was huge. That was a huge, huge game. You lose that game, now all of a sudden the Blues are definitely favored to win the series. But... Let me tell you, that that was some game last night. The Bruins did an amazing job, so I'm very excited to see how the rest of the series plays out. So, yeah, uh, sorry for no episode yesterday. Obviously, I explained at the beginning of the episode the whole dilemma there. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Go follow my Instagram, After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Uh, that's all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all all lowercase, no spaces. Also, uh, go call in on the Anchor mobile app, type in after the buzzer sports talk, send it a voice message. So that's all I have to say for today. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.